Welcome to episode 257 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man who is in studio. It's Randy Michael Stapp. Yes, sir. This is Randy Michael Stapp. How's it going? (laughs) Randy, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Also joining, as always, is Russell John, the Fisherman. What up? I just realized all the windows are closed. And Oksana Valerianovina Osachi. Hi. I thought Clark opened them yesterday. No, can you just leave the windows open? I, I only closed them because it looked like it was gonna rain. It, what's that gonna matter? Look at all these valuable collectibles in here. Okay, but we don't live in you know monsoon country where the where the, the wind. There's no such wind vortex where the rain would come in right. at this angle. I'll just open the door. I am a weather expert. I'm worried. Ron, Randy's in here. It's gonna get hot. <laughs> well, we do have more carbon dioxide being uh, emitted into this room sure it's a very valuable thing which you will learn if you ever watch the ice road starring liam nason i watched it it went in one ear and out the other (laughs) three star frankly that's the only way to take in that movie (laughs) in and out of your eyes and ears now liam nason has been killing it in the reddit sub form for i think you should leave season two do you know why no clue. People are lobbying for him to become a spokesman for Calico Jeans. Why? Because, he, dude, they have hella pictures of him that look like he wet himself. Really? Yeah, I'll pull it up. In, in the motion pictures or out in the wild? In the wild. Oh. Yeah. I, I know this is like a visual thing. and It does happen. Are you kidding me? Randy. Of course. You get a little dribble. Yeah. Now, of course, we're talking about season two of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, where it, one of these sketches is maybe the longest sketch is a eight to ten minute long <laughs> sketch uh, about a little bit of urination dribbling on the front of your trousers. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how I feel about that one. I mean, it's funny, but it's not one that I would like randomly throw on to show people. The structure was great. Here you go. God. Liam Neeson for Calico Cut Pants. <laughs> There are four pictures, two of them with other people in them, <laughs> where he's clearly got some old man uh, leakage. Okay, so that first one is, there's no leakage, brother. <laughs> yeah. That is a stream. That's a rupture. That is three quarters of his front. <laughs> now, I realize this is a visual thing. I'm going to tweet him out before now, this episode second, even The second one, up. is that not a shadowing situation? I think the second one is actually the most calico. Okay, but the second, but the way that the set, the wrinkles are set up in the second one, I feel oh, like that no. could be a shadow. No, right situation. there, that's urination. Okay. okay, no breathing. Or maybe he's just really bad at drinking from a cup. As a person who is bad <laughs> at drinking from a cup, I'll, I'll get stains on my shirt all the time. I I have be- I have tried to become more conscious of it the older I have gotten because I know that I don't know how to eat. Yeah. But like it just it it gets on the front of my shirt all the time, and also at least once a week I choke. Does anybody ever call you out on it? What my shirt? Yeah, I don't get the stain like anxiety. Like, dude, I dribble shit all over well, I know, my shirt. It's just whatever. like you know, I'm a man. Yeah, but I feel like it's a reflective. Th- <laughs> like, I think you you start um, exuding stain energy, and then people pick up on it. No, it's just I mean. No, I don't. Here's because because I'm fat and I can't really see myself <laughs> very well. So I don't. When I notice it, I'm like, oh god damn it! 
I think yeah, I don't. I only notice when I'm wearing a white shirt, and I feel like it's on brand. You like I look I like a dirty energy like, dude. I don't have stain. No, energy. I'm saying I think when people get a stain, they start exuding that energy and then draw attention. But okay, while we're in this Reddit again, I'll tweet out that picture. Of what we have the Overlook Hour podcast or something on Twitter. He would probably do it because Liam Neeson doesn't say no to too many jobs. I right <laughs> now, hold on. There's one thing that I thought was genius, and I think Randy saw it when I was scrolling. This is my favorite thing I've seen on Reddit. It's so me. Here you go, Clark. You're going to love it. Oh, (laughs) my God. So it's a film by Tim Robinson, Uh, Possessor. I don't want to be around anymore. And we have our favorite prank show host, uh, what, Calvin uh, Maniac um, or Havoc Johnson? Craig Havoc? Carl Havoc. Carl Havoc. Can I get a confirmation on that? I don't know what his name is, but I want to print that out and put that in my room. Again, I'll tweet it. He just, it's a mashup of Tim Robinson and uh, the younger. um, Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah, there you go. Possessor. Carmine something. Okay, I'll stop distracting you with that. I thought it was beautiful, and I was embarrassed I didn't make that connection first. That's also one of the best sketches. That first episode is really good. It's really good. I don't want to be around. <laughs> now I'll tell you, I was tempted this week to just pull a shitload of clips and just play them because I really love that show. But oddly enough, I think the movie I covered taps into the uh, "I think you should leave" vibe, and I, I have clips from that for later. Do you think you think this season went a little darker? Darker, shorter. I mean, it's a pandemic season. Is it shorter, though? I just feel like it just went shorter because we're into it. But I think the runtimes are about the same. I don't know. I I felt like I Think You Should Leave was so different when I first watched it. I had to have like a Tim and Eric experience with it. And I had to like live with it and rewatch it to like really get on the level. And I was worried that because we had it for like, what, two years, three years with no season two, mm. I thought it was going to be one of those like Nine Inch Nails things where people are like, he's been working on an album for four years and it comes out and everybody's like, I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah. Or like Tool did that too. Like, I was like, dude, season two is going to blow. And yeah. no, it's better. I, I like it more. Yeah, I think I do too. Yeah. The fucking Coffin Flops is like my favorite. Coffin Flop is very good. I constantly think about how we could shoehorn that into Uff. Corncop TV? Corduke. R.I.P. They should bring it back, man. Corncob <laughs> fucked up. They need to get coffin flops back. Again, if you have no idea what we're talking about, I know you have Netflix. Watch fucking I Think You Should Leave. So the first season is also six episodes, and they're like the same runtime, but it just feels way longer for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the the skits are longer? Okay, don't say skit. Sketch? sketch skit is an offensive i feel like word. it's grammatically weird the sketches are longer skits are something that your four-year-old nephew does on a family vacation with a broom handle and a flashlight well a sketch <laughs> is something i wear on my feet my mother exclusively <laughs> wears sketchers now and that's why you're her her son that's her that's sketchers target demographic right <laughs> either children Mom? children or People in their 60s? I have no idea. I've never owned a pair. Nor have I. I used to be a Puma guy. 
And then I got out of. Oh, that. I'm 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 Puma. I like Puma. Puma's great. I haven't worn one in like forty years. Right. What's your thought on Skechers? Dude? Are they for boomers? Uh, yes, and it is the S. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> God, Skechers are terrible. But I don't. They are comfortable though. Okay. <laughs> I'll give them that. They are pretty comfortable. Nah, the most comfortable shoes I've ever owned, I bought off a uh, dude who was selling them on the black market that came into my round table. They were stolen jogging shoes that retailed for $240. They were orange. They were fucking ugly. Man. Brooks? I don't know what they were. Talking New Balance? I have no idea. Sockety. No clue. (laughs) You just make that one up? No, it's... People used to, I used Ciccone. to say I used to say Sacconi, but I believe it is pronounced Sacconi. Interesting, because apparently it is a river in Pennsylvania or something. I'm on. It's I'm on good. board. I used to wear. I've got some in the bathroom right there. <laughs> <laughs> you have your shoes everywhere in this fucking house. By the way, I got new sandals in Mississippi. Did you see these? No. What are they? Crocs. Under Armour. Under Armour match. Oh. And they got they got cushions. cushions. Does that mean you're going to start your workout phase of your life? Also, here's some bullshit with these. I purchased them at an outlet mall, full retail price. (laughs) Wait. What shit is that, dude? They were at an outlet at full retail? Yeah. Times are hard during the pandemic, dude. (laughs) They got to make their money. Also, full disclosure, I I need to um, tell you this part of the story. I also had purchased previous sandals the day before that said outlet mall but i didn't try them on and they were way too small but those were ten dollars at the adidas so then i went and spent forty dollars on these <laughs> at the under armor i left the ones at home i was like mom here's shower shoes or something i don't know oh we are matching right now i didn't realize i'm wearing under armor shoes i don't these i think these this pair of sneakers is the first pair of sneakers i ever i've seen you wear that might be true yeah, you're usually clomping around in well, your Nazi stompers. For like years of my life, I only worked in restaurants, and like sneakers don't help. Shoes for crews? Yeah, you need you need shoes that will grip the floor. And I mean, I've challenged that before and come in with the ones that did not want to hug a wet floor, and uh, you'll die every time I go into that Walgreens down the hill. Yeah, I I I have sandals on because I'm cool. <laughs> I slip around. <laughs> Man, you think I'm Anton Apollo Ono up well, in there? They gotta wash Wait, the poo off the floor. Apollo Anton Ono. Apollo. Anton. I don't know who that is. He was the Olympic skates. skates oh, okay. <laughs> was that the porno you, you were watching? You don't remember the Olympic speed skater? I think he was nope. at Atlanta. Apollo Anton Ono. The Olympic skate state. Oh, you want me to look it up? He was at the uh, Richard Jewell Olympics. <laughs> I think so. Was it '96 or was it 2000? Is that a real thing? Richard Jewell Olympics? Yeah, he was at the uh, Atlanta. Okay, 96 was Atlanta. I think 2000 was Greece. Or was 2004 Greece? Wait, what am I looking up? I put in Apollo. 2004 was Greece. 2004 was Greece. What was 2000? Where are the 2000 Olympics? (laughs) Apollo Olympics? I have no idea. Apollo Ono. Yeah, that's him. Okay, Ono. Are you still looking? God. He yeah. used to be a piece of shit. A- Apollo. <laughs> very good. Looking at this dude. Apollo Antonono. He used to be a piece of shit. Yeah, he's 39. <laughs> but began training full-time in 96. Okay, so I think he was 2000. Where were, Type in where were the 2000 Olympics. Oh, my God. But please do it this fiscal quarter. 
Why are you? Just Olympics 2000 though. Olympics. That's all you had to do. Sydney. Oh, yeah. That's it. So 96 was Atlanta. 2000 was Sydney. 2004 was Greece. 2008 was Beijing. Why do you know this shit? Where the fuck was 2012? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, only, I remember Greece because I was a, a senior in high school when that happened. That's why you remember I, it. It was just weird. And... Do you care about the Olympics? And in 2000, no, here's the deal. In 2005, I went to China, and already and they had just announced that they were getting the 2008 Olympics, and they were starting to build shit then, mm-hmm. three years prior. Um, so I do remember that China was 2008, and then I don't remember past them. Oh, cool. <laughs> I kind of like the Olympics. I really do. I don't. I feel like I shouldn't. I know that they're lame. Um, corrupt. I, yeah, woefully corrupt. Yeah, but um, honestly, if I think I do like the Winter Olympics a little more, I heard a good theory that they should just hold the Olympics in multiple venues at the same time. It, I think it would help with like local corruption. It would help ruining cities that you know hold it years after because it never makes the money they think it will. Yeah, I don't know. Especially Who cares? Randy's future home. They blew that shit up. <laughs> we heard Japan. They're going no crowd. Yeah. Yeah. How I'm the, still the fuck surprised that they're going to have it. Well, I mean, they're not like vaccinated over there. Like nobody has it. I so know. they declared a state of emergency. I know. It's a mess over there. Yeah. All right. You got any more you want to talk about with the Olympics? That's Dave Jackson. <laughs> What's your favorite Winter Olympic event? I like... Snowboarding. Skeet shoot. <laughs> no, I like the... Um, I like the, the skiing when they go down and they do the big jump. That's a good one. I don't know what it's called, though. <laughs> I think he nailed it. The Molly Bloom <laughs> event. All right. You good? Yes. Is it time? Yeah. Right. Let's let's uh, kick it off right with our buddy David bring Lynch. Him, bring him in. Br- let's bring... Yeah. I forgot about that. You know, last week, I, I... You know, I fucked up. I let the cat out of the bag. Randy, you're here now. Uh-huh. So the bit doesn't work. I hate to break it to you. David Lynch hasn't been coming over. Oh, bummer. I've been cutting down. I be here today. <laughs> it's the only reason you showed up, I know. Uh, David Lynch is always here due to my perfect impression. <laughs> oh, dude. So, you know, we were talking about the David Lynch. So what I do is I put, he, every day, he does a weather report from LA. It's like a two-minute video where he just talks about the weather and he does his intro. And, dude, the one that I edited today that I'm about to play, he sounds like he's fucking Biden. I'm worried about him. He starts talking about precipitation in the desert. I told you this three weeks ago when you started this bit. Head trauma. You put the seed in there, and I was thinking about it, and I'm watching him this week, and I'm like, oh, no. We really need to enjoy David Well, he's he's no spring chicken. All right. All right. David, go ahead. uh, Take it away. Good morning. It's July 11, 2021, and it's a Sunday. Today, I'm hoping that all the projects are going along great. Everyone, (laughs) have a great day. (laughs) Thank you, David. All right. And I'll tell you. That's when he sounded good in that video. 
You know, I'll tweet that thing out. Can you please make a note that I got to make like five tweets more than I've ever done in my life after this? <laughs> Dude, I think you would love it. I think you would actually do like a sting bit out of there because he's talking about the water hitting the rain and desert bloom. But he can't like he loses his point halfway. Th- I don't know. What about desert rain? Love you. Love you, Hiller, David Lynch. That's what I meant. All right. Uh, I have a confession. Oh. I joined TikTok. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, but have you posted anything? No, and, okay, I have, then and I haven't looked at a full video. Fake news. Have you subscribed to Neil deGrasse Tyson's TikTok? No. <laughs> Nor will I ever. Do you talk, bro? No. I've watched a couple of Neils, and that's about it. But you've got some ticks. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I got those. I think they're in my bed. I've just been, just been sleeping <laughs> Oh, you went a different direction. We were on the same page. There we go. He's got a twitchy eye. That's what I thought. He went with the uh, the putty twick tick. Putty did the what? tick. Okay. What were you talking about? Your pud earlier? You're jerking you, your pud? Yeah, you never called your penis your pud? No. No. You never heard that? Where no. did you hear that? Open it. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, all right. It, you know what? I forgot. It's my turn. It's time for uh, everybody's favorite segment, the TBR report. The you need some you need some water you fucking hack drinking your liquid death okay okay do i I need to explain why i'm drinking liquid death if you want go ahead we'll kick off uh my report i think they do a good job of i've always been a fan of canned water because plastic bottles are ruining the earth okay so now we're canning our water i'm a fan of canned beer if I drank wine, I would drink <laughs> canned wine. So why would I not drink canned water? Also, look at this. It's a beautiful can. Beautiful packaging. Uh, you know that I am partial to navy blue and to gold. Where is their navy blue? That's navy blue, dude. Uh, yeah, I think he's right. I think it's just a very dark navy. That's navy blue. Okay. Actually, in the light, I think you are right. It's 100%. Okay. Hold on. Did you know that they made a horror movie? Liquid Death? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? They made Death Till Death. What is that? Liquid Death's movie. Get a screener. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, can I retort why you, why you shouldn't be drinking Liquid Death? Give it to me. All right, Randy, can I get the replay? That we need to rewind. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, about a month ago... I had just heard about Liquid Death because a very angry Clark Little stormed into the room and went on a beautiful Tim Dillon-esque rant about how hack and hipster Liquid Death was. He was like, you see this shit? And I, you introduced it to me in a tirade of outrage. Okay. Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't deny this for a second. But I think you need to look at the big picture here, Russell. Is that I can change. <laughs> I can change because, as you know, I am trying to kick soda. Me, Clark, your friend, yeah. is in a troubled place right now. I agree. Where I am is dark and very cold, and I need all the support that I can get. So, there's just the simple... A gesture of grabbing a can and drinking out of the can, and it's just filled with water. Totally, get nature's it. goodness. That's that's why I drank all your bottled water. 
Again, I apologize for that. How much is it for that liquid death? Dollar fifty again. Is that good? I feel like I can, it's not good. I can get a, I can get twelve for twenty. All right, and that concludes our uh, TBR report. No, okay. Let me let me reset this thing. Um, yeah, play the thing again. Okay, here we go. The liquid death report. <laughs> All right. This week, the homie uh, Thomas Burke greeted me with an email. I'm just going to jump right into that. Actually, I wish I had chose different words as his email starts with this week, but here we go. This week, I bring you a screener of the 2016 German psychothriller titled Therapy. Psychothriller. Ooh, I like Keep it going. Give me some betting music. Therapy is a found footage drama thriller I initially discovered months ago on Letterboxd, but couldn't find much else about the film. So I was curious and decided to reach out to the writer-director, Felix Charon, who was very kind and happy to provide me with the screener. I'm certainly glad I saw this too, because as a filmmaker, there's a lot to appreciate here with the technical style and choice of execution. For instance, (laughs) many found footage films tend to play it safe by sticking to a single camera setup, First, the use of a multicam coverage, whereas this film challenges itself most of the time to maintain continuity in a reverse, reverse dual camera angle. Now, what is is that like technical jargon that I don't understand? What's a reverse, reverse? Randy, I don't know. Reverse shot, reverse shot. Okay, that's what I thought. That's where you have two people talking and you're cutting in I between. Think so, right? Yeah, there is a lot of that in this film. Uh, I'll continue with the email. I find this approach, if done right, to be much more cohesive, intricate, and stands out as one of the strongest elements of the film. In addition, the acting between the two leads, Tanisha Apt and Dominic Rocky, is outstanding. Now, did I say both those names wrong? Power through. Okay. Um, And here's the synopsis for the film. Aliyah is experiencing her first days of freedom after four years in prison. She's trying to start all over again. Per judicial order, she starts psychotherapy with the renowned psychiatrist Dr. Steinark, but his methods become increasingly extreme in the course of the therapy. Now, I'm going to warn you, if you're going to Google or go to IMDb and look up therapy, their synopsis gives away the third act of this film, which is a fucking travesty because it's incredible. Uh, The runtime on this movie is about two hours, and the first three-fourths of the film are a kind of back and forth between our characters, the criminal and the therapist. And it's kind of a... We're doing like a little bit of a class warfare thing. Um, we have psychoanalyzation going from both angles. And it's it's pretty word-heavy. There's not a lot of visual stuff to chew on. Although, Thomas is right. We have like six cameras in that room. And we do a lot of cutting. And it really helps maintain... Um, like an energy. I feel like when you have one scene going and we're at kind of like a medium range, you can lose interest pretty quick. Yeah. This film does a good job of keeping you in that conversation. Also, the therapist pretty quickly recommends that uh, Aaliyah start filming herself at home and in her environment. And it's pretty cool looking around the German projects. Now, I'm not sure if it's like really the projects, but it did look a lot like um, Lahaine. Okay. Like they had like kind of like the big, a lot of people live in this building. And yeah, uh, yeah, we have a lot of kids hanging out out front listening to music. It's pretty interesting. I think for casual fans, you're not going to hold it. it, It's pretty tough. You really got to be it's this is a morning with a cup of coffee movie. 
But man, if you stick it out, that third act, and I'll give away something. There's a flash parkour scene that happens that I had to show you guys before we started recording. Man, I loved it. And I, I, I feel like I did the scene a little bit of an injustice by just jumping into the parkour. Because I, I think it's really cool when you can have an actor sit on a bed and just act into a camera and feel authentic. And then at the drop of a dime, you know, jump out on her balcony and break into her neighbor's house and break into like, what was that terrible game that was parkour? You guys aren't going to know. It felt a lot like that game that I can't pull right There's now. a parkour game? Uh, Assassin's Creed. No. Well, kinda, but not that. There's one that's like a first-person view, and you're just running. It's literally just parkour. My sister loved it. She'll be mad when that she listens to this. That lame AF. Yeah, it's also hard, because the thing with parkour is, you know, it's kind of like skating, where you set up a line, and you're like, okay, I'm going to come here, manual that pad. It's too much Do math. a grind here. Well, it's you got to lay it out. It's a super creative and interesting art form in that game to capture the, like, in-the-moment planning. It's all color-coordinated. Actually, I don't even think you could play it. Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be it's a very show. hurtful. Again. Also, the new game I'm addicted to is called Two Dots, and you have to connect dots that are all the same color. There are times where it's just, it's, a, it's touch and go. Dude, I can't wait to hear more. Anyway, That's th- about it right therapy, now. I don't think this film is available anywhere. Like Thomas said, he had to reach out and get a hold of the director. But I don't know. I Keep it on your radar. Make a mental note. Um, I'll make sure to put it in the show notes for the episode. And hopefully it will pop up over here. I mean, our buddy with 1974 just got a release. 1974. And that film, you know, had been floating around for fucking years. And this one, you know, it's not just... It's, it is kind of a psycho thriller, I guess. There's a lot of twists going on. And it's kind of actiony. Not really a horror movie. Where did 1974 go to, by the way? I don't know who put it out. But they did that nice release where they had... Um, how They did Host... And they did, uh, wait, was that 19th? Oksana, help me out. You're the one that keeps up on all this. I'm looking it up because it was a, it's a production company I've never heard of. Yeah, it's kind of like mm. a new boutique. Paramount. <laughs> did we buy it? Yeah. Okay, we haven't gotten it It was yet, a though. double release with, um. Double read. <laughs> another found footage movie? Yes. That I'm blanking on the name on. Hold it's on. fine. Yeah, okay, so it didn't come out with Host. Because you saw the three Blu-rays we have downstairs. Um, the ones that I picked off of our doorstep yesterday? No, no that's something different. What was that? What did y'all get yesterday? I uh, can't tell you. I'll Ooh, tell you off the air. Secret time. Yeah, it's um, it's from though. Slasher Victim. Oh, so Collingswood oh. Tapes. Oh, the Collingswood oh. Tapes. That's correct. Yeah, so Google it. Are they still available? I don't think so. Okay, maybe we shouldn't be plugging that. Anyway, therapy's great. Um, I'll keep people updated on if this film's available because it's really got that like high clarity HD look that a lot of found footage films don't have True. and it occupies a different space. It's foreign. I don't know. We need more of this. Here's my question before we close it out. Yeah. This is a two hour found footage film, which is a little under wildly long in the found footage universe, which I would say is anywhere from... An hour 15 to an hour 35. Yeah, it would be long. Is Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we're going over 90, we're like, all right, what's going on? So does it warrant this long? Because the only other two-hour one that I can think of. Now, how long is... Um, Noroi? 
Nor Eyes Two Hours, but what's the other one from that same director? Oh, a record of Sweet Murder? Yes. Isn't that rather long, too? I think that one like might an be hour like 40? an hour 40. Yeah. Yeah. So, does it does it warrant this so, long run? Time? Actually, that's a good comparison. So, Norai is like a mixed media thing. Like we and have, it earns it, because Norai is a slow burn, well, You're talking about basically a procedural. You, you, you're saying, it is the epic. Yeah, you're saying earns it because narratively, it, there's a good payoff, and it's a fun ride. But I think the mixed media, like the format of that found footage film, really makes it an easy watch, too. A record of Sweet Murder has that, like, one-shot take feel to it, which you'll feel exhausted by a record of Sweet Murder by design. Yeah. Where therapy, it's it feels traditionally like a film. Like, there's a lot of cutting, like Thomas mentioned. There's a lot of reverse-reverse cut. And you can get caught up in that in the beginning. I had problems with the length because we were watching it late Ooh. at night. And uh, I know I'm not a size queen, despite the rumors. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. The third act is so worth it, though. I think if, honestly, the perfect cut would be maybe like 20 minutes shorter off the front end. I don't think we, we might not need all the context. But, dude, the lead in this film, she's fun to watch. So, uh, yeah, it could definitely be shorter. Hey, that works for me. Okay, have you ever heard that before? You're like, I liked him. He could have been a little shorter. I'm looking for it. You're like, all right, I'll take the boots off. There's one out there. All right, and uh, thank you, Thomas. Again, uh, you're our found footage adventurer out there finding all these films from Germany for us, and uh, I highly recommend found footage fans. You go check out his letterbox. He's got 500 movies there with links. Danke. Yeah, and uh, that concludes it. This concludes the TBR report. This concludes the TBR report. Randy, you're good with the Germans, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm partial German, like a quarter. Oh, yeah, a, a big quarter? surprise. Probably something like that, yeah. <laughs> You didn't see the tattoo? Yeah, oh. <laughs> Black flag. What are your thoughts on sauerkraut? Uh, I like sauerkraut like in a, uh, a sandwich. What about on a dog? On a dog's good, too. Better on a dog. What about just loose sauerkraut? Although some would argue, sure. argue a I'll, dog is a sandwich. Hot, dog, hot dog's a sandwich. What about a taco? Taco's not a sandwich. Mm. Why not? Loose meat. What? How's I'm it just, loose? I'm just okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I didn't mean to steal that. Because it's you. not bread. Sandwich has to be bread. It's bread. Taco is not. Ta- no, it's not bread. No. <laughs> Actually, I think in San Francisco, um, unleavened bread does not constitute as a sandwich. I'm pretty sure I heard a restaurant had to relocate because somebody legally argued that there could not be another sandwich place on the street and it was a mexican food restaurant what a torta Torta, sandwich oh okay yeah but i mean still like i don't think torta when i'm going to taco bell my problem with the torta let's let's turn it down a notch (laughs) do i need mayonnaise and sour cream no like what are we doing it's too much yeah i might even argue that you don't need Either of them. I'm not a big Give fan of one. either. <laughs> Give me one. Give me one. I've been, dude. I've been making some bomb ass steak sandos here, man. Big fan of the sandwich. <laughs> and a hot dog is a sando. Randy Michael. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the studio. 
Thanks. Good to be here. You told me when you, you came over from Oakland. Rant, Russell, listen to this. He lives in Oakland. Right? I'm turning uh-huh. on my headphones. And he went over. He had a little brekkie. He went over to... Andy Town Coffee uh, in the Sunset on Lawton near Coots House. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, he went to Sunset, then came back down here. Oh, did you notice they closed the Great Highway? I did, yeah. How fucking annoying is that shit? Just so people can walk on it now, or what? I, do. I think it just costs so much money to clean up the sand that was blowing uh, on it okay. every day. Yeah. But they still do, because people ride their bikes on there and shit. That's true. So, I know, I, again, um, former third chair of the show, Justin Coote, uh, we actually hung out with him at the Balboa. He bitched at length about them shutting down the Great Highway. <laughs> I bet. Because they redirected traffic, like, eight streets down to his block. Oh, so nice. now he gets people all the time driving oh. by. And I'll, and if you're from here, that Richmond district, they have those blind streets. But he's up like I know. Blocks they directed it all the way up there. Damn. And again, uh, they've he's got cross sections that don't have stop signs. So when yeah. you're driving through there, oh man. I do not miss going because it it gets weird with the stop signs over yeah, cause there. Yeah, because we had to drive over there yeah. for like the first 50 also, episodes of the show. A nightmare over there. And it, I'm sure it only got worse now. Forget about it. <laughs> so, Andy Town Coffee, what's what's their big thing of it? Now, we, uh, when you go to trouble, get the get the toast. Eh? I don't know. I I like the cheddar jalapeno corn muffin that they have at Andy Town, oh, and I hadn't sounds, had one in a minute. So. That sounds pretty good. I figured if I'm going to be over here, I might as well just, you know, I'm up early, so I left the house a little early and got some coffee and a muffin. And how big's the muffin? It's pretty big. It's a good size muffin. Yeah, about that size. That's a nice size muffin. I don't know. There ain't no Costco muffin. <laughs> it's about the size of a Costco <laughs> muffin, actually. Costco muffin. I don't. I'm not a fan of that. I am. You know why? Because they mold quickly. They're enormous. Actually. You know what? I do like one of the Costco muffins. All right, welcome back. <laughs> because when I'm training in Phoenix, they'll get Costco muffins. Dude, they're I good. Like, I like the apple one. Yeah. The apple crumble shit. <laughs> it's it's very messy. Enormous. <laughs> Use it as a love seat. Randy Michael, <laughs> have you seen anything worth note? Uh, yeah, Friday night I went and saw Black Widow. Just Why? kidding, I did not see Black Widow. <laughs> Thank God. The only thing I've seen is a movie. <laughs> the only thing I've seen since last week is a documentary called Summer of Soul, directed that by Questlove. That sounds Quest way Love. more on brand. Um, so yeah, it is a documentary about a festival that took place in the summer of 1969 in Harlem, uh, in a park over six weekends. Um, tons of uh, people played, so Stevie Wonder, uh, Chambers Brothers, BB King, uh, Nina Simone, Gladys Knight. And they filmed the whole thing, um, and it took place, you know, summer of 69. There was Woodstock, uh, so it kind of got overshadowed by Woodstock. And essentially, the uh, footage from this um, festival that, like, 330,000 people attended oh, damn. just sat in a basement for, like, 50 years. Oh, wow. Up until very recently. I don't know if Questlove is, like, the one that found it or if he knew somebody and, like, they helped him make the documentary. Randy, chances are he did not find it. Probably not, but I don't know. I don't know exactly how it was uncovered, but um, yeah, they, they uncovered the footage and um, yeah, you know, made it look very nice. Um, and so basically the documentary uh, kind of goes like artist by artist and they kind of do a lot of talking head interviews with 
um, some of the people and some of the people that attended the um, festival. I will say the first um, opening like bit of the movie is a Stevie Wonder performance that is amazing. I you know don't know a whole lot of Stevie Wonder stuff, but I didn't know he was also like a really good drummer. Do you know he's not blind? I didn't. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he uh, conspiracy he, theory. <laughs> he starts a song like singing, and then he like kind of wanders over to a drum set, and just like hops on the drum set, and he like he just fucking shreds <laughs> on the drums, and like plays a pretty rad drum solo. Um, so it started off very strong. Um, yeah, and the rest of the performances are really good. Um, it's kind of interesting. They just talked about like how uh, you know everything that was happening uh, sort of in America and in New York around the '60s. Um, kind of just gives you like a portrait of the time. Um, but I, I, I really dug it. I kind of hope that we see a little bit more of the performances. Like maybe they, you know, upload them to YouTube or kind of do like a, I don't know, like a box set or something of the performances. The BB King, King one is really rad too. Um, but yeah, it's on Hulu now. I think the Balboa is showing it or they were at least. Um, so yeah, go check it out. So have they released like the actual concert footage as well? I mean, there's con- concert footage in the documentary, but I don't think the concert footage can be seen anywhere else. I don't think it's like... Why? Yeah. Why? I don't know. They like literally... I think they just found it like recently. Get it out there. <laughs> <laughs> it looks fucking cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of crazy because they didn't have a ton of money to actually like spend to film it, so they didn't have like a lot of lighting or anything. So when they were talking about... like the creation of the festival they're like okay we need the stage to face west so that we can get a good amount of sun so that we don't have to like get lights in to like film it um so it's yeah it's like very sunlit and yeah i don't know the the footage looks looks awesome all right now it's almost perfect on both critic and user input via rotten tomatoes but it was 99 percent at the critic yeah. All right, where's our boy Armand I White? know. I'm like, what are the <laughs> odds it's him? Oh, here we go. Melissa Anderson. Questlove unearths many dynamic performances from the festival, exhilarating moments that are often interrupted by talking heads from the present, weighing in on the past, montages, or other distractions. That's a fair point. Yeah. That's like not said, bad. It's like, yeah, there's a good amount of talking head stuff in it, and it's not like... No David Byrne. No David Byrne. Mm. They didn't play. Although they did talk about, um, I forget what band they were in, but so, you know, it's, it's the Harlem cultural music festival, mostly black artists playing mostly black people in the crowd. And then I forget who was playing, but essentially they had a white drummer and they were talking, (laughs) they were talking to like people that attended the concert and they're like, the fuck's this white guy doing on stage? And then like, they started like playing and everyone was like, okay, this is, this is actually cool. (laughs) Um, and one of the weekends was actually, um, the same day that the moon landing happened. Oh. Um, and then they're interviewing people there at the at the festival and they're like I mean it's cool but like I feel like this is more important and like <laughs> you know they're talking about like really real things like why are we spending so much money to go to space when like yeah. our community is like you know especially in the 60s like a lot of areas of New York were like very uh, I don't know not not great there was a lot of like yeah. crazy shit going on so a lot of people were just like yeah it's cool that we landed on the moon but we should like do something here so damn that's fucking cool and it's on Hulu? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Damn. Do we still have Hulu? No. Damn I, it. I got Hulu. You got Hulu? I'm back on Hulu. What do you well, you got the five dollar plan, the fifteen dollar plan, the thirty four dollar plan? <laughs> All right, how many commercials you got while you're paying five dollars? A lot of commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Only during T V though. 
That is well, the mo- well, movie they do the one. They do it in the, the beginning, right? Yeah. yeah. Movie. At they least do they don't like interrupt the movie with. That is good. I can I can deal with one or two up front. Tubi interrupts the movie. Yeah, not Tubi. down on that. But Tubi's free completely. Okay, but give me ten minutes of previews up top, Tubi. Uh, ten minutes of preview. It's like you, you. It's like you go to the movies at the movie place. That's half a half hour. That's a fair point. If Tubi opened up with fifteen minutes, that would be interesting because you'd almost have to plan your movie. Just stop interrupting me. I don't. You know, I'm. I can't believe I'm a Tubi defender now. There. Have they moved out of the Bay Area yet? I keep hearing that every day about more companies going. Tubi, man, if they're staying strong, we gotta we gotta network with them. Tell them, how, how are you getting these movies like Voodoo on there? So we we get a good amount of concert footage because I just... There's I a don't solid wanna, amount, yeah. I don't want to see all the talking head stuff. Is gonna... I think there's a good mix. All right. Good bit of... Well, BB's not talking because he's dead. Correct, yeah. The so BB King footage is good, though. Okay. You really liked it, huh, Randy? Yeah. We talking three and a half? <laughs> uh, I, I think I did four on Letterboxd. That's good. What would have gave it? What would have made it four and a half? Like, what would have really done it for you? I don't know. Maybe if it was a little more uh, Frederick Wiseman esque, oh. a little more verite, a little or less echo, talking head. Echoes of Vertigo. I ask you questions because I want to make fun of you, <laughs> and then you say shit like that. I'm like, God damn it! I He's agree got with his him. standards. I know. Yeah, and like, I, I, agree I appreciated all the context of like the political stuff and kind of people just that were there. Like, there was a kid that was there as a kid. Uh, or there was a guy who's <laughs> old now that was there as okay, a kid. Okay, there you go. And they were, like, showing him the footage, and he was like, yeah, I have all these memories of this, but, like, no one talks about it, and there's, like, no footage of it anywhere, so. Wow. Uh, all that stuff is interesting, too, but I don't know. I think, yeah, potentially a little more uh, verite would have been interesting as well. Man, that's fucking cool. And I feel like that's how you make a, a statement about, like, race in America. You, yeah. you unearth some fucking cool footage of a black-run, like, black-participated festival, and you're like, how do you not know about this shit? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. You got me pumped. I want to watch it. Hell yeah. Was it, like, uh, news anchors, or who filmed it, actually? Like, I don't remember exactly, but I don't know. They got some sort of a, a camera crew. I don't know. Just people that knew the news guy that anchors? was. Uh, <laughs> like who, who films events like, you know, local news. Maybe? You know, WKF. <laughs> they were there on the scene. I mean, it wasn't people's phones, obviously. So yeah. they're like, we're wondering. sure a crime's going to happen. Did you we mean need W-N-U-F? to get <laughs> No, I just made, I just said some letters. <laughs> I watched a film. Oh, oh, do you have another film? No, that's it. Okay, are are you going back to the vocal fry too? I feel like earlier in this episode you were doing like a vocal fry almost. Yeah. Okay. It comes in and comes out. What do you right. do? I'm I'm just excited. I'm a satirist. Okay. <laughs> that means you got goat legs. I don't hate that. That's, great. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I watched a film begrudgingly Friday night. Fry day night man i was i was digging around for a movie because here's the thing guys you know you guys watch a lot of movies that i want to watch and there have been so many movies that i don't watch because of this goddamn show because you get my head oh go do no randy retread randy retread oh it's gonna be russell retread can't talk about movies we already talked about <laughs> so I don't watch those movies. I still have yet to see Gretel and Hansel. Oh, 
let's watch it. There's so many movies I've missed because of this fucking show. So, I have to go out on the fringes sometime and dig for stuff. <laughs> Maybe it's stuff I really don't even really want to see, but it's like, I guess this could be semi-interesting, so I'll watch it. Well, Friday, I made a mistake. <laughs> I watched a film called Cherry. Have you heard about Cherry? I have indeed. I haven't. Randy, what do you know about Cherry? I know that it's uh, Tom Holland and the Russo brothers who directed, uh, I don't know, an Avengers movie, and that it's very long and not great. So, the Russo brothers, we're talking about Joe and Tony. It's Joe and Anthony, but I assume he goes by Tony. (laughs) Tony Russo. They, their first movie, do you know what their first movie was? I don't. Their first movie was in 2006, entitled You, Me, and Dupree. (laughs) The Russo Brothers' debut film was You, Me, and Dupree. Actually, you know what? I think they had a film in 2002 called Welcome to Collingwood, but that's not a studio movie. Their first studio movie, when they were welcomed into America's homes and hearts, was You, Me, and Dupree. Then in 2014, they did the, no, yeah. 2014, The Winter Soldier. Then Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. These are the Marvel nerds. God damn. Now they came out with Cherry, which was an exclusive film for Apple TV. So I watched it free because of my subscription to Apple TV. (sighs) Apparently, this movie was adapted from a novel. And it sort of feels that way. Um, there is a constant um, VO from Tom Holland throughout the movie that is wildly annoying. <laughs> um, explaining his old life. And we open up in the film when he, he is in the midst of a bank robbery. Mm. And he is breaking the fourth wall throughout the movie, which is also annoying. I hate it. So he's breaking the fourth wall before he robs a bank, and then he tells you what you should do while you rob a bank and what you shouldn't do while you rob a bank. And then it goes back to his life story. So then we reverse to an unknown amount of time um, to when he is in college, and he is in love with a girl. Now, this girl is of age. Oh, good job. But she looks like she's 12. Did you check her ID? Very distracting. Oksana, you you confirmed this. Oh yeah, she looks she looks very young. She looks very young. And this movie is trying to be edgy the whole time and it's just falling on its face and bleeding profusely all over the ground because essentially they're doing they, they had there's a not good sex scene <laughs> and then tom holland says he's like i tried to think of other girls but i only wanted to fuck her oh no and you see and then it cuts to her and she looks like she's 11 going to church <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just doesn't feel good and then, so essentially, so then they become a couple, okay? They're a nice little couple, and yet she's like, I love you, but that scares me, so I'm moving to Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> so she's moving to Montreal, and then he gets sad because she's moving to Montreal. So he just, out of a whim, goes and joins the army. Oh. So now, Tom Holland's like, hey, I'm going to the army. She's like, why are you going to the army? Because you went to Montreal. Okay. So he goes to the army. 
Oh, man. This is not a pro-military movie. They make every uh, officer in the training a sociopath. And they're just going around hitting him in the dick for no reason. They're like, Officer Jones hit me in the dick again today. Cut to <laughs> Officer Jones hitting him in the dick. Oh, not officer. Whatever these, whatever they do with their little titles. Lieutenant. Now, uh, <laughs> perusing IMDb, I came across this. Okay, so that's the other thing they do in the movie. So I'll, I'll get, I'll get to that okay. in a second. So in the military, and then um, I don't mean to tell tells us school here. He does not have a good time in the military. <laughs> <laughs> Things are not great. Everyone he, all of his friends die. Oh, okay. He was supposed to be on the car that was going somewhere, but got kicked off, and then that car blew up. The Humvee blew up, mm-hmm. and he saw his friends burnt to a crisp, and then he, he survives his time in the war, comes back home from the war, and has you know PTSD. He's all fucked up. So then he gets hooked on painkillers, and then his wife, who now looks like she's 14. Oh, good. She's aged a little. Um... <laughs> She she comes in and you know she's she's like I'm done with this shit. So <laughs> she grabs his pain pills and takes them too. She's like I'm gonna be fucked up too. Wait, that, what? Yes, that sounds like a great scene. Now it cuts to part three of the film where they become junkies. Oh, and they are hardcore dope fiend junkies. Like on the couch, Mountain Dew in hand. Oh man, playing Xbox. There's a scene that is also. And this movie is two hours and twenty two oh minutes. God, like a fucking Marvel movie. And that, yes, <laughs> and in the entire runtime, it can never find an identity. Oh. It doesn't know what it wants to be. It jumps all over the place. Tonally, it's just like they do. You know, I say it again. Like they do the Scorsese thing, where like they they've got uh, a giant song playing, and they do like the montage and thing. They do that so many times. But there's a, there's one scene where it does work because it's so profoundly sad <laughs> to where he they they get a score of heroin and they're like it's time to celebrate baby <laughs> and they go to Subway. Oh Hell fuck yeah. yeah! This is by far the best scene in the movie. It will be the only thing I remember about this movie is that these two children dope fiends go to Subway and they're like pointing at tomatoes and they just think it's like the greatest thing ever. And then they pass out in the Subway. Wait, what was the song? Playing? Dining room. I have no recollection of that. You're talking like needle drops, right? Like credence it comes does, on. It and does like, feel that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so then they're they're dope fiends, but as a part of being a dope fiend, you need money. Oh, no. <laughs> so they run through all their money, and so he's got a buddy. His buddy is named. Let me get this right because it's, it's the worst name. Played by Jack Rayner, who is the guy from Midsommar. Okay, he's the boyfriend in Midsommar. The his character name in this movie, Pills and Coke. That's his name. That's his name. <laughs> Where's Pills and Coke? He left me, man. We gotta go fucking find... Right, pills Wait, and Coke Cocaine suck. or like we talking the beverage? Well, it's spelled the beverage, but... Okay, yeah. No, I, I feel like that's a better combo. That's probably... Because co- he's a drug dealer, so they just call him yeah, Pills Yeah, but I feel like that's not a good... Like, do people take... Nothing Vicodin is good. Coke? <laughs> I don't know. Randy, that's your sink. Some people probably do, I'm sure. Okay. I've known people... I feel like soda is the companion to the Vicodin. So does the companion to everything. Henceforth, my liquid death. 
trying to get out of that game, dude. So, he begins to rob banks. Now, there is a progression with the bank robbing because we do see at the beginning he's he's learned it. But yet he's gotten away with some very bad bank robbing, as we are, you know, <laughs> uh, find out in this movie. So it's sort of a progression of his robbery, and he gets, starts to get more money. And then Pills and Coke was supposed to help him as, you know, the stakes were getting bigger, so he needed a, he needed someone to go into the bank with him to collect more money. And then Pills and Coke abandoned him. Of course he did. And then they got the other guy, the uh, cross-eyed guy, who was going to be the driver. What's his name? I forgot the cross-eyed guy's name. What's his name? <laughs> because I, think, I think it was Jimenez. Now, are we still breaking the fourth wall here? Like... This was a bad day. Never they, they unlock don't, the door. They, like, d- they don't break, if memory serves, because I've tried to erase this from my mind. <laughs> they don't break the the fourth wall a ton. Um, actually, maybe they do. I don't know. But what were you? Were you vaping during this? I was trying to pay attention. It's terrible. <laughs> so they they're robbing the banks now. You show me a picture of the bank. Now, the bank logo, that is the thing. They'll, they'll say, shitty bank, and it would be like in a, a traditional logo for oh. what you would think would be a, a business, and it would just say, shitty bank, or uh, poor fuckers America. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, please stop. Yeah. Um, it's cute, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Not cute. <laughs> uh, so, they rob the bank, and then she ODs. His child bride ODs on heroin. <laughs> and so apparently she came from a good family, so her good family came by, and basically the mother was like, uh, you're a fucking shithead. Stay away from my fucking daughter. Go away. So they send her to rehab, and then she breaks out of rehab, I think, gets on a bus, and then they get back together, and he's like, you gotta get back on that bus. Because... <laughs> I'm I'm trouble and you need to get your life together. So then he goes out and robs his last bank. And he robs the bank, but then he leaves the money. He calls the police on himself. And then he goes outside, shoots up in his toe, and then waits for the cops to come. And then they come and arrest him. And then we go to the epilogue of the film. Which is him in prison for, I think, seven to ten years, something in there. Uh, because of all the bank, bank robbing. What? Wait. And then the film ends with him getting out of jail with a mustache. Oh, hardened. And then the child bride, who now looks 17. Oh, she didn't die. And she's she's got eye makeup now. And she comes out of the car, and then they smile. And then the movie finally Wait a ends. minute. You had me think that she OD'd and died. No, no, no. She, she did not die. Oh, okay. I'm because sorry. I'm like, why did that fool turn himself in? That's when you go death by cop. Look at her. She looks like Rory from Gilmore Girls. I don't... Randy? Nothing? No, nothing. Oh, my God. Randy and I are real men. Oksana. <laughs> yeah, she has the same... Um jawline yeah but she also like she's got like a big head but like her body looks like childlike and like baby face yeah so yeah i totally agree she looks way underage but he doesn't look like he's a fucking adult either nobody's spider-man wait re- oh he's the new spider-man mm-hmm. yeah. uh not a fan i i look i i like uh i haven't seen any of the movies i like so. tom holland 
This movie is stinkeroony. Oh, right. Forrest Good James Lightfoot. That's him. That's Cross Side Guy. That's his character name? Was he not really Cross Side? Oh, good for him. He's not? No. They fixed it. Because he's wild in this one. How do you fix that? Like a lobotomy? <laughs> Shove a needle in the tear duct, it'll fix that eye? I think just prayer. All right. It's my turn. It's your turn. I'll be quick, I promise. Again, four stars. I haven't been able to live down my last TBR report from last week. Apparently, shake it off, move forward. Clocked in at thirty minutes, so this time going to keep it short. I, uh, based on a uh, vague recommendation, I don't know if I could even call it that. I watched a movie from twenty twenty one, just came out two weeks ago, called Till Death. A woman is left handcuffed to her dead husband as part of a sick revenge plot. Unable to unshackle, she has to survive as two killers arrive to finish her off. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, Clark watched the first half hour of this movie with me, which I told him, hey, it's Megan Fox handcuffed to a dead guy. And uh, honestly, that sounds like a good time to me. I could fuck with that movie. She's boring. She's really boring. Also, she looks like if she gets... Botox one more time, she will have reached the uncanny valley, and w- there's no coming back. Here's my problem with this movie. This is why I left the movie right Mm-hmm. Half hour, I stayed? Yeah, you're roughly. in there for a half hour. Now, in that half hour, things happen to this young lady. No matter what happened, that makeup was flawless. Flawless. She looked perfect. <laughs> the entire time. She wakes up <laughs> from a night's slumber looking incredible. And I hate it. If you look at the poster, uh, it's her laying in uh, ice on top of it. And uh, her handcuffs, you know, they trail to a hole where an arm is sticking out. In that moment in the movie, which, of course, this is a poster from the end of the film again. Really? I don't know why they fucking do that in these movies. Anyway, her makeup looks just as good as the opening moments of the movie. Now, she got some blood on her shirt or something, though, doesn't she? Yeah, she's a little. She spilled Kool Aid. Oh, she gets, <laughs> okay. she gets jacked up, dude. <laughs> she's uh, she's like our buddy Liam Neeson. She just can't keep the drink in the cup. Um, so Clark, it's an ongoing bit at this house. Whenever Clark bails out of a movie because it's become nine o'clock and he has to go to bed, hell yeah. The movie just gets better. Or he'll get up and leave and he'll go cook an extravagant meal that he'll eat half of and then go to bed. And every time, the movie gets better. So literally this time, when you left, Oxone was like, so it's going to get good now, right? And I'm like, I think so. <laughs> ah, dude. Nope. I'll tell you, you know, I don't want to give the impression this film is boring. Um so what Clark was there for is all the setup. She's in an apartment, or she's in a hotel room with a, a handsome black man. Clark instantly went, oh, she's cheating. And I was like, yeah, how do you know that? And then it, she was cheating. Then she's uh, married to a handsome Brit who's working as like an evil tech conglomerate. or I don't know, whatever. It doesn't really matter. He's they, a lawyer, I thought. Yeah, he's a lawyer. I think he's a vlogger. Whatever. A vlogger? <laughs> the vlogging lawyer. Dude. So they he takes her out uh, to celebrate their anniversary, which Megan Fox is not thrilled about because she could have had another night with her, uh, her uh, what do you call him when it's a male? Her uh, her boy toy? What, is there like a mistress, but like gender reversed? Yeah. Mr. Dick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, her mister. Um, and she's kind of bummed. But, you know, the dude put a lot of effort in. 
he drugged her immediately when they get to the house so she wakes up at the dinner table and it's like what the fuck happened and uh very romantic there are rose petals everywhere also clark is a huge fan of candles well this guy had clark beat as he lit 500 candles all over the house in no universe <laughs> could a person lit that many candles in that amount of no, time no normally it takes the whole cult to light up all these candles Man, so many and, candles and you have to synchronize it because they start melting really quick and i think you were right you're like dude all these candles that would take at least 18 minutes <laughs> and that and, that is just boom 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 and i'm, I'm telling you if, if from the downstairs in the living room through the dining room into the fucking uh where do they develop photographs randy a dark room walgreens In, into the dark room out of the dark room up the stairs around the corner into the bedroom for a romantic evening well she wakes up the next day and uh her husband's fully dressed he's sitting up on the bed and she's kind of like huh and he's like what is what do he say he's like game over or i can't remember game over is good enough he's like game over bitch and he shoots himself in the head jesus <laughs> no it wasn't it was something more like Fuck you. It didn't wasn't fuck you, but it wasn't like game over. It was like goodbye, bitch. It was I don't know. Whatever. He blows his head off. It's he actually was, he was a suave guy. So he was. it was as whatever it was was sort of quippy and suave. He's like farewell. And then And then he blows his brain. Bada bing, bada bang. Uh you know what? It looked good. I liked watching his corpse, like his head, his blown up head looked okay. Yeah, and um, I will say this movie doesn't uh, know about rigor mortis because he's always a floppy body. Like, he's, he's pretty malleable the whole film. Anyway, the film turns into like a survival horror game where she's dragging this corpse around the house. <clears throat> she finds out that the dude that beat her up and stabbed her years prior has been um, tricked to come to the house uh, clearly to kill her as her husband had a safe filled with treasures that uh, only he and her knew the combination to. So he knew this maniac just got out and would, you know, beat her up and probably do all sorts of horrible things to her, like mess up her makeup and really get that combination and all the gold. Now, you missed most of the cat and mouse, Clark, which was pretty fun. They go everywhere in the house. They really fuck that they house They go full up. Tom and Jerry? Well, they go from like upstairs, downstairs. Her, um, I, again, spoiler. I don't, I feel like we're already deep in this. Her, um, her mister shows up, gets killed. The dude arrived with his brother. Now, here's where the film took a, like the unbearable turn for me. So the dude that beat her up and stabbed her years prior is named Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, right? He brought his brother. Jimmer. Who apparently can, like, crack any safe, right? Jimmer. His brother's named Bobby. Bobby. Now, these motherfuckers, there wasn't a ton of dialogue in this movie. At least, you know, like, we're in the throes of, like, the action, and we have uh, characters, villains, particularly talking. Man, I fucking hated it. It was making me laugh, and I realized after. I'm like, dude, it feels like it should be in I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> I'm, dude, I'm not tripping. So I pulled a couple of them. Now, these conversations, now, just my, they pop up out of nowhere. There's not a lot of dialogue. And then you get these little moments. And I, I did cut them down to be concise, but the context doesn't help at all anyway. So here, let me, uh, she just snuck out of the garage. She was uh, gassing up a car. And she snuck out and got back in the house. So this is when Jimmy runs out looking for her in the basement. Uh, here we go. Ten years I spent inside that cage. Ten fucking years. 
while they repossessed our house, the house that we grew up in, while Pop got sick. This bitch took everything from us, Jimmy, and those diamonds are compensation for that. Okay, and we are still in the game. Dude, ah, Jimmy, the diamonds. Like, so as a reminder, this is ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Dude, it's so high. And I'm telling you, Jimmy and Bobby, they start doing that East Coast thing. Like, Jimmy, we got to get the diamonds. We've been in jail, man. Get the fuck out! Dad fucking died, Jimmy. So here, and you know what, Megan. Later on in the is film, missing. no, no, she gets in the conversation, and she sounds the most like I think you should leave. So here we go. I got another. I got another short clip for you. You give us the combination. We take the diamonds and leave you here alive. Jesus Christ! What do you think she's gonna do? The moment she's out of here, she's gonna go straight to the cops. Shut up! Fuck! Who do you think's the first person the cops are gonna come looking for when they find her dead body, huh? You already put a target on those backs, you dumb fuck. I'll give it to you, but you gotta fucking cut me loose. Combination first. Fuck that. Not as long as I'm attached to this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Dude, this fucking piece of shit. Dude, it I, sounds like the action movie with Santa Claus in it from season it two. It does. Actually, it sounds like this. You know what I saw once I thought was cute? Tommy guns. My friends aren't gonna buy the crap from your mob movie. What mob movie? It fell apart because it fucking sucked. God damn it. You brought it up. No, I didn't. I didn't even know you still had that stuff. Where would it be? Nobody wants a thousand plastic meatballs. They don't even look real. They look like little pieces of shit. You just said they look real. To them, I need to unload them. These are my friends. They, they look they look real. They don't look like little pieces of shit. We're not doing the meatballs. You're blowing it. Dude, that could have been a conversation in this movie. Oh. Dude, the diamonds, we got to get them out. Dude, and I'll tell you, when people, oh my God. When they start doing the dramatic acting at the third part, the third act of this fucking film, it just, it really jumps the shark. And how we get out into the ice lake and homie, oh. I'm telling you. Having said all that, it sounds like it might be a lot of fun. The next day, we were talking about the show. And I was telling Oksana, we got to watch a movie this week. Like, I got to have something to talk about. And she's like, well, how did the one end that we just watched? And I'm like, what do you do? We didn't watch anything. <laughs> and she's like, no, we did last night. And we have a text conversation where I'm denying that we watched a movie. And I'm like, oh, fuck. We watched Till Death. So... I was trying to tell Clark what happened after he left. I was like, I can't. How the hell did the movie end? <laughs> I feel drugged by the film. I had amnesia post watching this movie. So, what do you think I'm going to give it? Three. Two and a half. Three stars. Yep, three. Yeah. You know why? Because I didn't hate it. I don't remember it enough to be like, hey, don't watch that movie. It's just, wow, man. In and out. It's gone. Every time I do go to In-N-Out, it's gone. <laughs> I went last night. My man. Hey, they tried those tomato things. They said they were okay. Yeah, I didn't go tomato. I just went protein style. Would y'all go tomato again? No. Not worth the trouble? Nay. There's no sauce, and it's a mess. I think protein style is the way to go. Yeah, last week we got the no bun, tomato slices instead. Nah, not a fan. Messy, pass. I want In-N-Out again. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Anything else before we sign off? Mm-mm. All right. Now, Randy, take her home. Country road. Take me home. You're the idiot. <laughs> You're the idiot.